Welcome back again on my horror head, sci-fi geeks, and fantasy freaks. This is another episode of the Holiday the 13 podcast. I am your host, John Holiday, and we have a, <clears throat> excuse me, I am your host, John Holiday. Yeah, that's better. And we have a review for you today, uh, and this one is for my film art tours and my high concept horror nerds. Now, this film got flexed. I mean, I'm sorry, this review got flexed. I wasn't wasn't even supposed to talk about it. But after I watched it last night, I bumped my other review I had, which was of We We Need to Do Something, which is, of, I'm going to talk about that one when I talk about it. But after watching this, I was like, fuck it, I got to watch this movie. I got to talk about this movie because I was so confused after I watched it. I, I needed to share in that confusion. But what film I even, am I even talking about as whatever I named this episode as the title would suggest we're talking about Enos Main. I thought it's pronounced Enos Men, but it's Enos Main, which is Cornish for Stone Island. And it is a twenty twenty three experimental horror film, a Cornish folk horror film. Now I say horror in quotations because the director himself doesn't even describe it as a horror film, but it definitely falls under that rotunda of um High concept, experimental, folk horror, whatever permutations you want to add is 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 one of those in my opinion. So the film is directed by Mark Jenkins, and it stars Mary Woodvine, John Woodvine, Edward Rowe, and Flo Crow. And the plot itself: living on an island off the Cornish coast, a wildlife volunteer's daily observations of a rare, rare flower takes a dark turn into the strange and metaphysical, forcing her to question what is real and what is a nightmare. And it's filmed on location in a disused mind, and it's an ode to the Cornish, or to Cornish rich folklore and natural beauty. Yet yeah, the movie looks great. So the plot. That that gave you, that's pretty much the whole film. I'm going to get into the plot a little bit myself and then tell you what I liked and didn't like and whether you should watch this film or not. But, yeah, we're definitely going to get into it. So, let me give you my uh, summary of the plot. So, yeah, this woman, (laughs) no, I'm sorry, I'm playing. But, yeah, so we have a volunteer. She's not named. She's just called the volunteer. Every morning she wakes up, she goes through the same routine. Uh, she wakes up, she takes temperature readings in the ground, she jots them down in her notebook, and it's a ledger where you can see every day, she, every day every, uh, she writes down no changes, no changes, no changes. She writes down the date, the temperature, and all of that, which already, it, I think that's illustrating the, the mundanity of it all. Because to me, hell is repetition. So doing all that would drive me crazy if I had to do that every single fucking day. But yeah, then she goes, uh, drinks tea. She makes tea. She listens to the radio and she reads this book. She has a ritual where after she monitors the flower, she takes a rock, throws it down a mine shaft, goes into the house, cranks the generator, makes tea. And, that, and with no dialogue, they she does this the film shows this for at least 45 minutes that is not a, an exaggeration before we even see her interact with anybody really this is the film so it's it's strengths are definitely in the atmosphere um because that's the story so get to continue with the story eventually 
um, one of the flowers grows some kind of fungus, uh, lichen, I think it's called. So this is the first thing that happens in the movie. As she takes notes and she writes down, fungus is growing. Now, what I thought was interesting, because she keeps the dates, she keeps track, so she writes down the dates. But one of the dates, or the dates that's zoomed in on in the movie, I don't know if it was coincidence or not, but it says April 30th and then May 1st, which is, uh, if you one of them witchy motherfuckers, this is Walpurgis Night, Walpurgis Night, which is pretty much against the pair, uh, I'm sorry, play as holiday for witches. Uh, Today's a day to play as play. Just put witches for barbecue with witches. But <laughs> I thought that was, I thought that was worth mentioning because at this point you kind of see supernatural elements take place. So I don't know if this movie was hinting at it being strictly supernatural or psychological, but I thought the only reason only reason I mentioned that is because the film lingered on that date. And this is the date where the fungus starts growing on the flowers. So this is the first break in 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 what in the monotony we've been watching. This is the first break in it. So I don't I just thought that was worth mentioning. But eventually uh, the boatman, which is our other character, the only other character I think she really interacts with, he's bringing her supplies and gas. So it's hinted at they had a relationship or some something. Their dialogue is a little weird because it hints at a deeper, deeper, deeper substance, but it's not really uh, uh, expounded upon. But but so he comes, he brings her the gas, she leaves. Then she starts having weird visions. She starts hearing noises. Uh, she's taking the temperature, and the movie ends. She's laying down, and she she's surrounded by. These Amish dress women and they're chanting. Again, she doesn't interact with them, so I don't know if this is supernatural or she actually sees them. But then she walks back into the cabin. That's pretty much how the movie ends. There's really no story or no plot to this movie. Uh, I know I know for brevity's sake, I would have to shorten it anyway, but I literally just told you the whole movie. That's all that happens. Now... What I liked about the movie, or what I think it's worth talking about, because within you, within this era, her everyday goings on, the the filming of this movie, the now the filmmaker definitely has an eye for this shit, because the movie looks great. It's set in 1973, and it was filmed with a what's the name of that camera? A Bolex H16 camera. Now th those are one of those old, it, it was created, invented in 1935. So it's one of those old wind-up cameras. So it gives you that 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 grainy feel. And then the colors are really vibrant. So that's definitely where the movie shines. And atmosphere meaning the the tone, the look, the music. I really do like the soundtrack. It, the soundtrack is creepy. So what else did I like about this movie? Uh, well besides the look, which I think is the consensus of the film, because I actually had to do hella research after this movie because I did not understand it, uh, which which I, I enjoyed. I love me a good movie I have to think about. This is why one of the reasons I want to talk about it, because the same feelings I had walking away from it, I found out that other people that do reviews, other film goers, I read a few reviews, uh, pretty much had the same sentiment that visually, the film is visually arresting, um, it's engaging as far as that atmospheric 
So that's pretty much the consensus, but it lacks in, to me and to others, it really lacks in story and substance. It's really no cohesion throughout the film. So, again, like I mentioned, with minimal dialogue, it, it does manage to be atmospheric. And with the color grain, because I'm a sucker for these old movies. If we want to talk about what I like from every decade of film, if the 60s, it'd be like the dialogue. If we're talking about 70s, it's definitely the look. If we're talking about 80s, I love how absurd 80s movies were. If we're talking about 90s, um, I really do like kind of the special effects in the 90s, how that was taken on its coming into itself. And if we talk about the early 2000s, I just like how we just threw everything at the wall to see see what's, see what's stuck. Uh, it was a lot of movies coming out. People had a lot of money. So we got a lot of fucking movies in the early 2000s. But I do like the experimental phase then, too. Um, but so getting getting back into this movie, I'm sorry, went on a little uh, diatribe. But so... The whole film centers around Mary Woodvine, and she does do great. So that's another thing I like about the movie, again, is the acting. She's really just interacting with her environment. There there are scenes with other people in the shot with her, but they don't interact. So I don't know if this is a supernatural thing or she's hallucinating, but she doesn't really talk to nobody till the boatman comes. And she does have a scene where she speaks to this girl but they 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 say the lines at the same time. So I don't know if she's repeating her or she's imagining this or she's actually going crazy. Cause even in the she has this radio. So like I mentioned through her day to day, I don't know if I mentioned she talks on the radio. So she goes, starts her generator, takes her readings, drink her tea, listen to the radio, read this book for the first fifty minutes of the film. And the what breaks that up is just It'd be a, a person in a shot, but the person won't say nothing. Then the movie just goes back to to doing what it doing what it does. Now, I guess in in the milieu of folk horror, especially it being from Britain or Corn, Cornwell, I'm sorry, I guess that fits into the structure of the move of the kind of movies it was paying a homage to. Movies I'm not familiar with. But the closest thing I can say is like the the witch that came out in what 2017 I believe, which is described as a folk horror film. Which I love. I love the witch. So this kind of re- reminded me of the witch in a way. And I hear a lot of people say it was kind of like Skinnamarink, which I never seen Skinnamarink. What? Yeah, I didn't see, but it's it's been it's been compared to that. It's been compared to Mid Midsummer, Midsummer which I haven't seen, uh, don't take my card, uh, don't take my horror card, but I haven't seen that either, sorry. But it's, it was, it was, it's been compared to those two. So as far as everything I like, I love the atmosphere, I love the scenery, again, it's on this island. So if you like, it gives you a lot of uh, shots of nature. I do love the random zooms. I do love the actual look of this flower she's observing i don't know if it's a real flower but again with the contrast the colors really pop in this film i don't know what they did but the colors uh, look amazing in this movie and it's this white flower with a red stem and a red and yellow stem so yeah it looks good so getting into my uh dislikes of the film i don't know if i mentioned it because it's like my third time trying to record this but yeah, the story is is really it doesn't really have a story. So if you just want to watch it, this movie is great 
for aesthetics. So for me personally, sometimes I'll put on YouTube if I'm doing something at home and I just need like some some visuals in the background. I will go to the aesthetics and just play random random aesthetics on YouTube. So this movie's kind of like that. I could see this movie being played in the background, and I actually heard somebody say this, and after I watched the movie, I had the same thought. These are kind of like those movies you see in a movie, but you don't really hear it. Uh, it'd be great in like a club or something. You know, they play random ass movies in like a coffee shop or something because it is not really vulgar or bloody or anything like that. I think it has one brief nudity scene or uh, a few nude scenes and one brief sex scene. But I don't even know if that was a sex scene. <laughs> yeah, this movie's fucking weird as hell. You got to watch it on your own. On your own. But I just want to discuss it because I do like all the high marks of the movie. So it suffers from the highest highs and the, and the lowest lows. But after listening to interviews from the director, I think he accomplished what he set out to do. Because he said horror, and this is his words, he said horror, the horror of this movie is in the form. Uh, and he goes on to say, we have to make films because words can't describe dreams. So this movie was based on nightmares he used to have with the Standing Stones, which is why it's called Enos Man, Enos Main, which which are standing, uh, which means Stone Island, but they talk about these standing stones, which in cor- uh, Cornish folklore were people turned into stones. Again, I don't know if I mentioned that. Just like my third time recording this, but I'm saying that to say they they gave the director nightmares, which is the um, which was the point of him making this movie is to introduce us to his nightmare, and as he eloquently stated, you have to make films because words can't describe this shit. So all my dislikes, again, I do believe, although it's foreboding and drenched in unease, it doesn't really reach the height of full-out horror movie. And that's not a a dislike of the film itself, because, again, I don't even think the director set out to make a horror movie. That's just for what I was expecting from the reviews and from the trailer. I was expecting something a little more visceral, but what I got... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm not, I'm not mad about what I got. I got more of a (laughs) experimental horror film, but it's more, this is more like an art project. This is the closest thing I've seen in a long time where I can just say, this is an art form. This was an art project. This is like a long, it's an hour and a half version of a short film. I think as a short film, it could have been a lot better if it was uh, it could have been a lot more. It would have had a lot more cohesion if it was shorter. It's drawn out to the point where it kind of loses some of the tension it built up. It loses some of that because it just keeps going on and on and on. And that's not lost on me when I make 30 minute episodes that could have been 20 minutes. So <laughs> trust me. Uh, yeah, my my hubris is intact. But yeah, so the film just goes on and on and on when it doesn't need to. But it's it is exalted by the phenomenal acting, the look, the color palette, the cinematography, the music. All of that plays a big part of the film and why I like it. So while I think, although I don't think it's the best film, definitely not in the realm of seeing as far as being experimental horror. I do definitely think it's worth watching because 
I think the discussion after, if you watch it with somebody, I think it's one of those movies where you want to talk about it, even if you don't like it, even if you think you wasted your time watching it, which I don't think I did. Shit you could pull from, you know what I mean? And I do think that this director, Mark Jenkins, has a... I keep wanting to say Jenkins, but it's Jenkins. Jenkins. Uh, I do think he has a promising career ahead of him. I would like to see him with a bigger budget. I would like to see him do, yeah, more movies. I, I need to go watch Bait, which was his debut film that I never seen, but I, that gets good reviews too. And this movie got a lot of good reviews. Although I don't agree uh, agree with all of them, I can see why they're there. Um, so, yes, Enos Main, 2023. Go watch it and tell me what you think. I'm going to wrap this one up. Uh, thank you again. I will be back with... With, uh, shit, I forgot the name of the movie. Oh, we need to do something. That was a film I was supposed to do, but after watching this, it got flexed. And we had a fucking hurricane in California, which is kind of, which is kind of why I was going to do that movie. Because I watched it the weekend, Saturday, and we had a fucking hurricane. I live in Fresno, California. What the fuck? But, uh, I'm being dramatic, but there's, I hope nobody got hurt because i haven't followed up with it i remember seeing the hurricane was touching down but hurricanes don't hit california so i didn't really pay that much attention to it until i seen oh first hurricane to hit california since 1939 and i live in the valley so we got some of that weather and it was kind of kind of creepy kind of freaky so yes i hope everyone was safe that it, 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 it definitely helped when i was watching movies that night because uh, I think I watched Jurassic Park 2 that night. Yeah, so yeah, it was great. I had myself a time. But uh, I know hurricanes are nothing to joke about. People lose their lives and shit. But, uh, so I'm not making fun of that. But however, thanks thanks again <laughs> for listening. Let me do that before you know, we get serious for a second. But no, seriously, thank you guys for listening. Um, I'll be back again. I, I'm going to post my other episode. I got a few more episodes before I take my break in September. So that would, September is going to conclude season one because I want to be bigger and better in October. So I'm going to take a month and get my shit together. Uh, so hopefully you guys will still be here and stick around with the boy. Uh, hit, follow me on Instagram or interact with me on Instagram. I don't like the word follow, but interact with me on Instagram. Commune with me on Instagram. Uh, holiday the 13th on Instagram. That's all I got. I don't do Twitter. I'm working on YouTube, and I don't know what that other shit is, uh, what they call it, threads. We got Twitch. It's definitely more shit I need to be on. So, again, that's what I'm taking. Season one is going to conclude after, uh, after August. So, I'm going to take September and um, retake and retake stock in what I'm doing and, and try to come back bigger and better for October because that's pretty much the Super Bowl for horror heads is October. And you got my I got your 31 Days of Horror Films coming at you. So, yeah, I need to prepare for all of that. So, thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Holiday 13 Podcast. As always, man, be good, speak truth, make beautiful decisions, and always, always stay dangerous, motherfuckers. I'm about to hear you.